Well, good evening, everyone. Merry Christmas. Great to see all of you. Gosh, this is our third Christmas service in two days, and uh, this is my joy. I love Christmas Eve. I always have since I've been a child. It means more this year because I didn't know if we'd be here. Strange as that sounds, it's been an upside-down year, as Leah said. And I'll never forget Easter, coming to this place with a worship team and singing to empty seats and preaching to no one. Now, I know you're all out there on live stream, but it was eerie here. And we kind of left the sanctuary, went into the table and ate McDonald's for Easter. Can you believe that? It was the only thing open. And I walked around this building, and I'm dead serious, wondered if anybody would ever be here again. That's the way it was early in the pandemic. And from that time on, uh, I learned to not take anything for granted. 2020 has been a hard year. When we play on Christmas, we said we can't do what we normally do. We just can't sing songs and talk about Jesus being born. We got to talk about the reality of how hard the year really was and is for so many of us in so many different ways. And I know my shoulders have been heavy this year. I picked up like 25% of new weight and responsibility. Trying to keep a school open, a church open, trying to run a cafe a lot of you had similar situations. People have lost loved ones. People have been sick. But as Leah said, there's two choices. We can do what people are going to do next week. And I've already read about this in the Wall Street Journal. People are already planning their New Year's Eve gatherings. Not at the ball drop at Times Square. Not at restaurants. I read about a family in Oregon inviting all their friends outside to a bonfire where at midnight, symbolically, they're throwing all their day planners into the finer. Sayonara 2020. I've read about a woman who's going to fill her bath with crystals and let all the negative energy of 2020 go into the crystals. Or, as Leah said in the video, we can navigate this and find out what I found out, that God surprises us. God surprised me in 2020. He surprised me with new families at church. I, I, I can't believe it. As people started coming back, as we did church outside, new families came and they brought people. And we met new people. And I know some of you did this. We had like a quarantine situation going on. Places we would go during quarantine. Some of us watched the Jordan documentary. Uh, some other places we had fires outside or whatever. God surprises with new staff and new relationships, a new Ardmore campus. Wow. Someone texted me today. They wouldn't be here. They asked if the service would be virtual. I said, well, you can watch it Sunday. And they said, it just doesn't feel like Christmas. And I wondered, wow, that's an interesting saying because, you know, the first Christmas didn't feel like Christmas. I'm going to read you the Christmas story and then we're going to, ready for this? We're still going to do candle lighting. We didn't burn the building down in the first service, so I think we'll make it in this service. It says, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. It was a census. And this was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph went from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. 
And she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Listen to this phrase. That shall be to all people. For unto you is born in this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign you'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among them, among them who is pleased. This first Christmas uh, was a little agonizing to this young, very poor couple from Nazareth. Now, angels have appeared to Mary and Joseph, and they're going to bring forth a son to deliver Emmanuel. But you know how life goes. Was that really an angel? Mary's certainly pregnant, but I wonder what Joseph's thinking. And they've got to travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem. That's not an easy journey. And they get there, and of course, the way things go, Mary's about to deliver. Joseph's not a man of wealth. They can't stay in an inn. And so it says it's a manger. Now, every year I mess with your manger scene just a little bit. It was actually what was called a caravansary or a cataluma. It was basically for that day a truck stop. It's where they would put all the animals that people use for transport into a pen while people went to an inn. That's where they had to go and there was a manger there. It's a cement feed trough where they would put some hay and wrap Jesus. He had come into the world like everyone else. And they laid him there. Probably pondering, what's God doing? And what God was doing was surprising them. Because in a field, and we've been to that field many times, and we sing Silent Night in that field, trying to imagine what that night was like, the shepherd's field it's called in Bethlehem. And the angels appear to lowly shepherds. What's fascinating to me is Herod's palace is about five miles away, his winter palace. Living in luxury, Jerusalem not far away, the high priest living in luxury. Athens, Rome, Corinth, Alexandria, Egypt, all the capitals of the world. Governors living in luxury. To these lowly shepherds. There's a thrill of hope that born today is a savior. Not a military leader, not a politician, not an economic advisor, a savior. And this news is to all people. Not to the Jews who had recorded history and prophecies, not to Semitic people or people in one specific region. And by the way, we're living proof of this because America didn't even exist. And I don't know where your ancestors are from, but mine are from Italy and from all over the world, the gospel reached you and me here. This is the ends of the earth. This is a fulfilled prophecy. This joy would be to all people. Because born in Bethlehem that day, a Savior. For a Savior to be for all people, he would have to relate to all people. Born in Bethlehem, nowheresville. A Jew, .0001 of people that ever lived and maybe the most persecuted tribe ever to exist. 
Not born in a hospital, born in a stable, a feed trough, whatever you want to call it. Died young, 33, never went to college, never wrote a book. Not of the 1%. He was the lowest 1%. This is why Jesus could appeal to tax collectors and sinners. Because he came to be like us. Through a birth canal, one of us. Philippians 2 is really the Christmas verse. That he didn't consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. And endured the pain, even the suffering of the cross. That when that seed of Jesus Christ's body went into the ground and God raised him up, he exalted him high above every name. Listen to this. That the name of Jesus, every tongue shall confess, every knee shall bow, that he is Lord. Now some of you have made that confession. Do you know everybody will one day? They're either going to make it willingly or one day, I believe, like Pharaoh, who finally admitted that Moses God was God. But the whole world will admit it one day. The Bible says to the ones who confess now, he's given them the power to be sons of God, children of God. To have that inner joy and that inner peace. One day the government will be upon his shoulders. One day, it's not today, that joy will cover the earth. One day, when we sing, all the former things will be gone. Maybe this year we've had a glimpse that government can't do it. Science can't get us there. Economic policy can't get us there. Maybe as Americans we've had a glimpse just one time in our life that there's a new world coming. God's going to set everything right. Bono of U2 said this is the greatest story ever told. The God of the universe born in abject poverty to set us free. Christmas makes Easter possible, but it's Easter that makes Christmas meaningful. Mary, pondering all these things in her heart, her son would walk on water, he'd set the blind free. Simeon said that he would cause the rising and the falling of many in Israel, and that one day a sword would pierce her soul. When they thrust into his body on the cross, that spear and water mixed with blood flowed out. It went into her heart too, her son. But when she sat in the upper room, she was filled with the Holy Spirit and the joy of her Savior. We celebrate the birth of Christ today, that he was born to die, and he's coming again. I hope you know him today. I hope maybe the events of this year have drawn you closer to the reality of who he is.